uh, Fallout 76, the new survival mode? Uh, it's it's not news at this point. I like, guess it's yeah. I that one falls in the category again. Like it's the if you or Alex want to talk about that, we can totally put it on there. Yeah, I am. It's like I, I'm just so sick of talking about Fallout 76. It's like they're adding a survival PvP mode. For it's like for what? That's already the game. But why? I mean, it's I, it's like but why? You've literally taken what people have already said is kind of. One of the most toxic parts of the game, and you've made it a game yeah. mode. That's that's amazing. I mean, they just yeah. keep doing the wrong thing with this. Like, oh no, it's the I wanted more substantial. It's so let me phrase this. There was another news article that came across my scrubber this week that I needed it more substantiated. Like, it was only one or two postings of it from a couple sites I don't totally trust. Mm -hmm. Let me just. I trust them, but it's like, nah, I need this to make its way to something more mainstream than just this. So apparently someone put the Fallout 76 helmet on their head oh. and took it off and had a severe allergic reaction to some of the adhesive used in it. Ooh. Ooh. That's... Like, got, like got fucking hospitalized, had never had an allergic reaction to anything before in their entire life was like messaging holy Bethesda shit asking like what the fuck was on this that caused me to have hives like this and it was the okay if that gets picked up by something more credible than what i'm looking at right now we're gonna fucking talk about that and then you also talk about the fall it's like there's a joke in there of like fall 76 is now declaring pvp on its remaining players or something yeah like it's it's wow wow how <sighs> the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not even my joke. It's like, this game is just straight legit cursed. And I'm like, yeah, that is the only takeaway at this point. Like, the physical out-of-game objects are hurting people. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Wicked Awesome cast. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. I was... Uh, otherwise, I couldn't show up last week, so here I am this week, I guess. I have yeah. I have things to say. I have things to talk about. God, I hope so. So Henry went to go look for Jeff. No, we're, we're not starting this joke again. And Alex, uh, no. He got lost. Bad. For I will week. get a spray bottle. <laughs> that, that, that's not I will it. pay oh. your girlfriend to spray you with water every time this joke <laughs> comes back. We're going to negative reinforcement. <laughs> You're not getting fed tonight. Uh, Fuck welcome back you. To, welcome back from the Shadow Realm, Henry. It's no! nice to have you back. <laughs> no! Bad! Go to your uh, corner. Fine. But I'm keeping my headphones on. <laughs> fine? <laughs> <laughs> Just yell from across the room. How would that be different? Sorry to interrupt it you, Henry. Continue, please. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm glad I, I was... Because there's things that I want to talk about. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... It has it's been another week of game news, but I'm I'm more interested in what everybody was doing for the week. <laughs> You're more interested in what we did during the week. I don't yeah, know how I matter of fact my, my, his intros are. 
I mean, my yeah. week, my week, I don't know, ills up and down. And so, but it, it, but in a lot of ways, it was not interesting. <laughs> not that interesting. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I watched some stuff and I played some stuff. Um, I, I'm going to talk about the Anthem VIP demo at the end. Alex has some thoughts on that thing, too. Fantastic. What now? The Anthem VIP demo. Oh, you know, I actually didn't get a chance to play. Oh, you're in for a treat then. Yeah, no, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard a fuck. It's been a fucking doozy. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll start with the good and end with the bad. I guess we'll we'll balance you out that way. Um, yeah. I right, so I I finally got around to watching the Netflix show Shed, uh, Sexual Education. It is weird that Netflix is continuing its campaign to be the most comprehensive sex ed tool out there. But I give the props for it. Is yeah. it a, is it a good show? It is a better show than it has any right to be, and <laughs> I, I think the funniest part of it is um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the names wrong because I always do. Um, Scully was the female FBI detective from X Files, right? Yes, yes. The actress that plays her plays the main character's like milf ass sex therapist mom, and it's like it's, every time she's like, it throws me for a, a loop because it's like. No, you're the X-Files lady, but you're talking about, like, very sexually explicit stuff as, like, hang-ups and things. And this is great. You're still an amazing actress, but damn, you've done nothing since X-Files. And to come back with this is impressive. No, she she was in a, she was in a, a, a Hannibal. Right, she was. I totally forgot about that. Really good in Hannibal, too. So, yeah, thank you for the segue there. So the other thing I watched this week is Polar that stars uh, Mad Mickelson. I hope I pronounced his last name right because I never can. Yeah, Mads Mickelson. Mickelson. He is one of my my favorite actors. I love him. Any movie he is in, anything he is in, I will give a shot to. Like, him and Peter Stormare are two actors that, like, I I genuinely enjoy their ongoing existence. Where it's like mm-hmm. you are both vaguely Russian block people. They look like they could Mad, be Mads, Mads Bond is from, villains at any time. Yeah, they can. They he, could. He's from Denmark. Yes, that's, that's not that's that's on the west coast of Europe. Yeah, not on the east coast. They look like European v- villains in everything they do, and I love them for it. Yeah, and it's funny because you know Mads Mikkelsen back in his home country. That's not what he's known for. He's known for playing sort of, oh yeah, no, kind of tough guy characters yeah. with the hearts, like yeah. heroes. A lot of a, heroes. He is a fantastic actor with a great range. Like it's the yeah. For those who don't know who Mad Mickelson is, he's the um, soldier-looking dude from the Death Stranding trailers as well. Yep, and and also yeah. Hannibal from Hannibal fame. If you've never watched that, you should go watch it because yes. you're gonna be hungry while watching a show about a serial killer cannibal. Like it's. It's a amazing show that should have gotten oh, what it did, but also yeah. every episode is me going, this should be canceled. This is amazing. This should be canceled right now. How yeah. did they get away with this? Yeah, such an amazing show. Yeah. But yeah, Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, he is a, a true treasure. So we'll go up with sexual education for a second. So sexual education, it's 10 episodes of nine episodes, 10 episodes. It is a set of episodes, the season of a TV show of a nondescriptly European, probably British setting. It's weird because it's got some like kind of 80s, 90s fashion, but also 
Apple laptops all over the place and stuff. Which probably means the, like late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know, like, but they're modern Apple laptops. Like it's new tech. Oh. People have like modern oh. cell phones and shit, but also like the exact time period plays so little into it. It's more just I spent half the show going, when the fuck does this take place? Because it's not yeah. now, but it's not then either. You know, they do that purposely on yeah. Legion. Yeah, that, that's a actually purposeful thing on Legion. But it, it's kind of like that, yeah. Where it's like it doesn't actually matter, but also mm. it's a good show. I, it's 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 big mouth but classy. Hmm. Like it's it is just as provocative and kind of touches on the same like nah puberty's just terrible <laughs> aspects yeah. that big mouth does. Like where big mouth is like over the top sophomoric humor. This is like very serious, still funny, but like. No, we're gonna get the it because of the mental aspects. It's not so much like your body is going is going to be gross for the next four years because puberty is a nightmare. This is no sex is complicated. Like being a teenager is exceedingly complicated. Everyone thinks everyone thinks everyone is boning. They're not. Yep. The girl you're into might never like you, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, it's you can't talk about like going into details of it. Like it's a good show. It's. It's better than it has any right to be. Where it's like you can equate to like, oh, it's like Masters of Sex. No, this is I. It's fun to watch. Where Masters of Sex always felt like it was playing itself up for kind of a laugh occasionally, and also mm. was a little too serious. But on the other end of the spectrum, I watched Polar, which is where Mad Mickelson comes in, and mm. um, Mad Mickelson uh, that that Polar Mads, this Mads sorry. Yeah. Polar is a movie from a different timeline than the one we live in. <laughs> they do not make movies like Polar anymore for a variety of reasons. But like, so Polar is the movie that like, if we never got a John Wick 2, would eventually happen. Yeah. Like it, it is kind oh. of, it, it's, it is. That is what I've heard about it. Yeah. yeah. It is John Wick S except like from a time where, like, Transporter 2 is still the epitome of action movies kind of thing. Like, it's the, it is what happens in a world where, like, the born supremacy keeps happening and, like, we don't move away from movies like Smoke and Aces. Oh, it's kind yeah. Of like, it's kind of like over-the-toppy, not quite comic book, but, like, we're going to flash people's ridiculous names on the screen. So I haven't written down a plot synopsis of this movie, and it's a leprechaun a hip sniper, a tall dude with pigtails, an Asian cyberpunk stereotype, a sorority girl, and a heroin junkie all team up to kill Mad Mickelson. Mads Mickelson, sorry. That's <laughs> essentially what the plot of that movie is. There's more to it, but that's essentially what the movie is. And it's like, it, it deals in stereotypes in like the way those movies used to. And it works, but like, there's also it's the movie does not stick the ending like it should end about 10 minutes before it does there are some unbelievably amazing moments in this movie there's a part where mad's character the um the black kaiser is like going into a bad guy's stronghold and all the guards look out the window and see him and say oh shit and just run out of the place pitching <laughs> the boss and he's like where are you going stay and protect me and they're like nah and like He's walking up the stairs, and they're like, avoiding, like, no, we'll, we'll go down this way. Oh, shit, he's here. Like, it's, 
that there's a comedic aspect to this movie that you do not expect. And also, like, it, but like it's, it's John Wick-esque, where there's a... Like, okay, so I was thinking about this more last night after I kind of finished watching it. It is a Hitman level turned into a video game because one of the best gunfights in the entire movie is started by him throwing a fire extinguisher at someone. Nice. Okay. It's <laughs> it's a really fun movie. It is not John Wick good. It keeps getting compared to John Wick. Like there there are moments of absolute brilliance in this movie. There are moments of like, it's the but don't expect it to be that like it it is an action movie in the style of John Wick that they don't care about how many bullets are in a clip. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's good. Like there's some dumb stuff where like it's in the trailer so I can talk about like, he he gets some auto guns with like some hand control thingies. It makes sense in the movie, but again, compared to John Wick, it's like, nah, we want to see him John Wick his way through those twenty guys he just killed. Where in this case it's more spirit fingers of death. Yeah, I I when I saw the pro, the like the promos for that, I was like, no, I gotta watch this. I'm a huge fan of Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and I, he's great. And, yeah, I, it's uh, it is the European version of Mads put into an American movie, and it works because Mads is great, and like parts of this movie are insanely great. Like it's the lead in is a little bit too long, but then like the Mads fucking shit up on screen part of it is amazing. Planning happens. The ending's not great, but also it sets it up for a sequel, so what you gonna do? Mm. But it's also full of great moments where it's like Mads. The other way of summarizing this movie is like if John Wick didn't get out of it and retired at 50 and like one of the first moments in the movie that you have Mads in is he's in a doctor's office getting, like, a yearly physical. Doctors remarking on, like, oh, here's a bullet wound, here's a bullet wound, here's a bullet wound. And it's yeah. Like, whatever. Like, it is a movie in which you get to see John Wick at a prostate exam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm definitely planning on watching it's, that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Just don't, it, It's, like, people keep comparing it to John Wick, and it's not John Wick. It's very much, like, Smoke and Aces and stuff like that back from, like, it feels like a movie you pulled directly out of the early 2000s action genre. It's a lot of hmm. fun, but again, like I said, it, it is a movie from a different timeline because they just don't make movies like this anymore because as action fans, we've moved away from this. It feels kind of very video gamey in a good way. Like it's, It is a fun return to it, but also a like, oh yeah, this is why John Wick was so good because it wasn't this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the video game end, I played more of Travis Strikes Back. I, it's, I was told it gets better around the halfway point. It does. I, I still can't recommend that game, which is sad because I fucking love Suda51 and Grasshopper Studios. For Heroes 3, which is sad because I want no more Heroes 3. I, it's got the Suda51 kind of very video game-ass writing in there, which is great. But the game <laughs> carry it. It's, it's like a bad Diablo clone in combat, which is sad. Because mm. okay, it's it's not No More Heroes three, which is what I want. Like it's the I, I want Travis masturbating to recharge his beam saber in a weird like boss rush, but we have stupid levels in between you and the boss rush game. Like I, it's, but at the same time, I'll take more Studio fifty one. So I may just drop the difficulty down to easiest possible and burn through it because 
the joke of Travis complaining about how long dialogue boxes are and then proceeding to have a bunch of useless dialogue boxes directly is a fun gag. <laughs> yeah. But probably the bigger gaming news I did was I and... Woo! Uh, <laughs> yes. That is the correct sound effect. Um... <laughs> Well, I'm surprised you got to play, considering I heard servers were down for a while. Uh, they were. I I never the down server issue. I encountered the never being able to load into Fort Tarsus or into a mission from a mission glitch that you'd get to like 95% loading and then you'd have to quit. But then when you log, it's just where it gets weird. I had that problem, but then like when if I was trying to get into a mission, I'd log back into the game. It'd be like, Hey, you were doing this mission. Do you want to go back to that mission? And it would just put me in the mission I was already trying to load. So it became this very weird loop of start it, let it have the problem, quit, get into the mission. And I'm like, this is dumb, but it works. Like, this is not acceptable, but I can still, like, you could still play the demo, which is, it's weird. Cause like, it's the, there were a lot of dumb technical issues with the game the parts of that game I got to play are fucking solid. Like, it's the, none of the issues people encountered aren't things you can't fix, and they're not, like, game-ruining things. They're demo-ruining things for sure, but that game still plays real good about it now because this was a VIP beta. You could stream and shit like that. Like, it's... A, stop comparing it to Destiny. It's not Destiny. It's its own thing. Like, it's... It's a repeatable kind of loot-driven game, so the comparisons are obvious. It's the biggest thing it has over Destiny, I would say, is the downtime between firefights is amazing. Like, the getting from point A to point B because flying is great. And I know you had mm -hmm. some pressure with the mouse and keyboard stuff, Alex, and the alpha, and so let's talk about this for a real second, actually, too. The version of the game playing in the demo is not even the most up-to-date version of the game they've shown off in streams, which... Is a real weird choice, but okay. I, it's like, and, and I can say that because they have a stream that has functionality in the game that is not in the demo. Mm -hmm. It is an earlier version of the most recent version of that game, which I get. Like, I a, a lot of stories were out there about how they ripped like a weird amount of that game out of the demo to not to avoid people spoiling themselves on stuff, which is smart. Like, I, it's if the VIP demo had been like, hey, here's and we're going to unlock all the javelins, and you can go nuts in free play mode or replay the same missions over and over, that would have been better than they did, which was, hey, here's like three or four story missions we're going to make you play through, and then you unlock one of the javelins, so you get to play around with that. I, it's, I had a lot of fun when I could play it. it. I'm not overlooking the fact that like connectivity was a real issue. I never successfully loaded into anything in that entire game, but also... That, that, that demo had problems, but it's also a demo, and we wouldn't be talking about it if instead of the word demo, it was like VIP beta. These are all things yeah. you'd expect from a beta of this kind, which is shitty yeah. to say, and doesn't if they called it a demo, but it's it's real weird. Like, if they change the name for the public demo to public beta, they will save themselves a ton of headaches, and when you're playing that game, that game's great. Like, the it feels good to play that game game and all the issues that came out of the demo were just kind of 
unfortunate networking connectivity issues that I assume they can fix. We have a news article about how people were having a whole slew of unique issues. There was like five or six major issues that like we all encountered in some version or another. And they're like, yeah, no, we're aware of them. We're fixing them. Like, yeah, totally on it. Those are fixable, which is good. Uh, it's that game could be something still. Like, I, it's I have some news of like, hey, here's how the microtransaction stuff works for that game got out there. And I had the opposite reaction of the crowd, which was, oh, cool. They're selling javelin cloaks. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like my, my dream for that game was I want like a vagabond, like tattered cloak thing for my javelin. And they're like, well, it's not that sleek loincloth-y thing for your javelin. I'm like, oh, neat. I'd buy that. And everyone's going like, no, microtransactions. I'm like, they've said all content except new javelins will be free. How do you think we're paying for that? Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. microtransactions. I never have. I've not had a really. problem with it if it was a game you paid for. And yeah. then they were pay to win microtransactions. Yeah, oh, pay to win. Yeah, I that is I do disagree with pay to win microtransactions. And at like, least, it, yeah, as of right now, it does not appear. It's all kind. I gotta admit, like they showed off some very brief cosmetic stuff in the game. There are some cool cosmetic things in that game that really change how the javelins look significantly. So, um, where the demo worked is every one of them had like one set of like per um extremity or thing you could customize item you could unlock for it mm -hmm. and turn on and i did not like the um the hunter one the colossus chest thing changes it into this like ridiculous like armored dive suit looking thing and i'm like oh that's a really dick you look like the fucking juggernaut with that thing equipped and i'm like oh that really changes how this character looks and i dig it like, <laughs> you become a murderous bullet bill with arms. <laughs> but, sorry, with legs, because bullet bill already had arms, but, like, in each arm you're holding, like, a, like, it's... I was worried they weren't going to make cosmetics that would, like, really change the game. It's like, oh, we're selling, like, different skull faces. Like, okay, whatever. Now, nah, it, it seems that they're going to take some risks with the cosmetics, and the cosmetics look... At least the ones I saw, like, not all of them were for me. But the ones I liked, I'm like, no, I, I would happily pay, like, two, three bucks for that. That is cool. Mm -hmm. I, I would not feel ripped off with that. I, don't, I want a chance to unlock them myself and stuff, too, but also it's the the design team for this, obviously, is on their shit. I played the Colossus and the, and the default one, which is the Ranger. I found out the Colossus doesn't have shields. It just has a giant health bar, which initially I was upset by, but then I got used to it, and it's real fucking weird. Like, there are, like, going back to the Red Dead conversations I had, there are some very deliberate choices in this game that I thought were kind of risky for, hey, we're competing with Destiny and shit like that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. I, I kind of yeah. dig them. Like, it's the, yeah. like, the, the fact that the tank thing has a totally unique, here's how we do it health system, where it's like, nah, we just gave you a shit ton of health and a actual shield you deploy, and health packs are, like, it's the, no, you are facing the enemy. Like, it's the, you don't have a dodge button anymore, even. It's like, no, fucking tank it. Oh, that really makes the Colossus play meaningfully different. It's not like, it's, it's not just heavier, 
its jump is totally different. Like every javelin has a double jump. The Colossus's second double jump, as best I can tell, is the biggest one in the game, and you feel like the fucking Hulk when you pull it off because it's this long, like drawn out, like launch up off the off the first jump, and you're like, "Damn, I got some height." Everyone wants to be flying by now, but you can use it to traverse in ways the other ones don't. It deliberate choices. It's really cool, and there are some risks going on there. Again, it sucks that the biggest story out of this is going to be, "Dad, yeah, that VIP demo was bad," and like no more proof of this exists than if you go to the Anthem the Game subreddit. It is a dumpster fire, the likes of which can only be seen on Destiny the Games subreddit kind of thing. Like it is some hot garbage we paid for this blah 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 and the, most of the complaints are correct like it's the the network issues are unforgivable but the yeah, game they have parts to, of this game are fucking awesome yeah they're gonna have to deal with that i yeah. mean that's the thing netcode not easy and a lot of games do it poorly it seems to be kind of a testing at scale thing which seems like a dumb thing to miss but also like it all the reaction to this was we didn't think this many people were going to try and to log into the Anthem demo at once. Yeah. Like, it's like, we did not know this was game was this popular, which bullshit a little bit. I... If you, again, like, going back to the subreddit example for a second, like, if you watch, if they, they put up a graph of, like, interest in that subreddit, it's like, it went from, like, okay, here's a normal graph to just a vertical cliff, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and like they have lots of transparency. Like this, the day the problems existed, like here's a blog post about this. Like we are aware of these issues, we are fixing them. Like they're very identified, and they're very treatable, and we're working on them, kind of thing, which is great when you want to see from a developer in this situation. But also, like that VIP demo was bad. I public demo was going to be like, and it's it's weird because they have a lot of goodwill going into that VIP demo, and. This did not do them any favors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have high hopes for that game still. It, it, it looks in place cool. I gave it the weird, like, can I play this game idly test of I put on some shitty TV and played, like, the free roam mode of that game and had a lot of fun until I tried loading back into the kind of centralized hub and had to close the game again because I couldn't get past 95% loading, but my stuff came with me so it doesn't... Again, like if you just called this VIP beta, we would have no complaints. But you called it a demo, and that's the problem. This yeah. was a bad demo. Yeah, but that. Um, what do you got? Um, well, let's see. In I guess uh, non-gaming related stuff this week. Uh, if you have, I don't know if you guys have seen Adam Sandler do a new stand-up special on Netflix. No, I no nope. avoid Adam Sandler stuff. <laughs> okay, so I know he's been pretty shitty as of late and all that, but if you haven't seen the actual stand-up special he does on Netflix, you should go watch it. Okay. It's actually pretty good. And there's actually, um, so, not, I mean, I won't give anything away as far as, like, Stand-up um, special. How the fuck are there spoilers? So, okay, so it's not short special. Okay. Um, so, and you know how normally they, you know, comedian will pick one spot. Or, or, or one show they've done on the road, and that's the one they use for their special, right? Yeah. In this one, you actually see him cut through 
several locations he's done throughout the year. So they piece the show together, but he it's shot in different locations. So mm. like it's one co- it's one cohesive show, but like you'll notice the stage is a little bit different, the audience is different, stuff like that. And it's because okay. they shot it in a different location for each, each for each chunk. Like they shot the he actually does the whole th- show several times, but he uses chunks from different shows, which is kind of nice. Okay, but, so um, fun fact for you: that's every stand-up comedy recording thing. It's just all yeah. shot in one venue, and they use the same outfit every night for um, consistency's sake. Like, yeah, but no, he he did totally different venues yeah, all no, together. It, it's an editing choice. They, they they very deliberately kind of break it up. And what I'm saying yeah. is like yeah. every stand-up special is shot that way. Though just in it's why people do residencies for like an entire month, so they have an entire bank of stuff to edit from. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I know, I know that part, yeah. but it's like okay. it's it's blatantly obvious different locations sure. as the show goes on. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of nifty. Um, but there's a there's so at the end of near the end of it, there's a tribute to Chris Farley. That he oh, does. that's cool. And so he wrote a song, and I it's it's probably like one of the best things I've seen in a long time as far as like in the stand-up special. Okay, so. All you have to say to sell me on seeing this was Adam Sandler wrote a song for a stand-up special. I'm like, oh, it's songwriting Sandler. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. this is this is mainly songwriting Sandler. Oh, that's a that's a ringing endorsement at that point. Yes. Yeah. No. Th- I mean, th- there's 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 like you know joke stand-up stuff, but no, the, a lot of it is musical Sandler. He has a, I mean, he, he has a guy that he sits in the back with him that does some of his music, but like. For the Chris Farley special, he actually picks up an electric guitar and shreds for it. Like, nice. It's it's really good. So like I that's why I I can't speak highly enough of it because it's it's not the Adam Sandler we expect from doing all like Grown Ups too. Yes, that, that's what I'm getting at. Like the it's the return to the good Adam Sandler that people that yes. are old say like I used to like Adam Sandler. Me and, and people that are our age go what like in Grown Ups. No, this is like Adam Sandler singing Hanukkah song. Yes. Like Adam Sandler. So it's it's really good. But yeah, that that there's there's a bit in there with the Chris Farley thing. It's like a six minute song, but sure. it's really fucking good. So if you haven't seen it yet, and I know we shit on a lot for Adam Sandler because his new stuff has been garbage and all that, yeah, but we rightfully um, shit on Adam Sandler. Yeah, and I think he's aware of it. Like he's perfectly aware. Oh no, of he's it, gone he's out there making... and said, "Like I'm only I, I, I'm making movies so I can have month long vacations in cool locations." Yep. Yeah, straight up. Which he's I give him props for. Like, dude, work it. Yeah. So, and it's also it speaks to the level of fuck you money he has, where he's like, eh, or just like, yeah, I'll go and make a movie over here. Sure, it doesn't make a lot of money, but whatever. no, they do. Good. It's like that Michael Bay curse of people hate, like critically, people hate the movies. They do really fucking well. Oh yeah, yeah, they make money hand over fist. Okay, but yeah, it it's really fucking good. So go see it. I, 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 I'd love to hear your thoughts on it at some point. To interrupt for a second too, like that, like that first Netflix movie he did, I think jumped to like one of the most watched things on Netflix of all time when it came out. Like it had the highest everyone watched it the first day numbers of anything on Netflix. Wow, was that Sandy Wexler? I don't know. Huh. It was the first of the movies he did for Netflix that were like part of that exclusive deal he did, and it fucking yeah. murdered. Wow. Okay. It was a oh, bad yeah. movie, but uh, 
eyes on it, it did exceedingly well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a bunch of bad ones as of late, but there are a few that I really enjoy from him. Like, I actually really enjoyed Click. If you guys haven't, I don't yeah, know if Click's you guys fine. saw Click. Click's good. Yeah. But anyway, Funny People's um, good too. Oh, Funny People, I believe, is him telling the story of why, why he makes these movies. Yeah. Because I feel like that that's very much done like a, yeah, no. Yeah. I just make movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that one. Uh, so I was driving to work, and this is just Portland things. Um, I saw a coyote across work. Okay. Hey. I work in like the ish area, and there's just like a coyote coyotes? chilling out in an open field area. Like it was kind of trippy. You don't know about urban coyotes? I know about coyotes. You do know that if you live in an urban center, you are probably within like a mile of a coyote at all times, right? Really? Yeah. They're, the, they're scavengers. Yeah, the, the urban coyote population is very prominent. I can, it might be less than that. Like, there's a, if you want to not sleep again, like, there's a bunch of like documentaries out there about the urban invasion of coyotes and just how they are fucking everywhere. Yeah. That is really interesting. And they fucking I mean, work L- those in, cities. In mm-hmm. LA, I know I've never seen a coyote, but that's LA. It's too dense. I no, they are very in LA. Not oh, where I was oh, yeah. in LA. Yes, they not are. Where I was. No fucking way. Yes, I've never ever heard of a coyote. You may not have seen one. They were there. No, you probably weren't I, aware of what they sound like. I hear a coy- I hear a pack of coyotes at yeah. my house. When when you when you hear them, them, you know what you know. You yeah. hear some coyotes. They, it is not like wild. Like it just domesticated dogs yeah, that it's are nightmarish. wild. I was out walking my dog a couple of weeks back and it's like the middle of the fucking day and I heard coyotes somewhere and looked at my dog and said, well, we're going home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I know, I know, like, with my girlfriend where she lived in Orange County, there were coyotes and they used to get hungry and they would go and take neighborhood cats yes. and stuff like that. That's, yep. they, like, that's... They, they do that all over L.A. Yeah, but I've never seen it in L.A. or ever heard of it happening. Dude, in there Los are coyotes Angeles. in Compton. Yeah. <sighs> That's a little surprising to me. So, but yeah, oh, right right at work, like, oh, coyote, like, okay. And I was all happy because, like, we'd gotten warnings earlier in the year about cougars and coyotes. Like, oh, it happens. But I'm like, oh, what the fuck? This is a thing? What? But yeah, so that was my... My interesting like moment of like okay yeah no this is just living out here but I guess coyotes are an everywhere thing even though I've never once ever heard anybody warn me about coyotes. What's in the, the official area name of your of where you used to live, Alex? Of where I used to live? Yeah. Uh, I was really close to Mid City and uh, Mid City and like almost South Centralish. Okay. Um, but Mid City's probably like the Central. That's probably easier. Are you looking it up? Because I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> coyote sightings. Yep. Not worth the coyote cast. Uh, we're gonna. Oh, like just, yeah, I, the... I googled Compton quickly, and like there were sightings back in August of this year. Wow. Compton. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, yeah they're the, totally there. That, that was a thing for me, but um, that was a little shocked. For me, if you will, 
Um, and then of course, you know, I guess it's we uh we finally got Mandy another car, so I'm happy about that. Um, I have found a picture of a coyote right behind the CSULA campus. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's interesting. Holy shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my culture shock moment for the day, yep. or just my not knowing what the world is like kind of thing. But yeah. Um. Mandy got a new car, so cool. we're good now. Yeah, we got, we've got a nice used one. And part of me was like, because I was looking around the, the dealership and I saw they had a uh, an El Camino there, 1972 El Camino. Mm. And part of me was like, oh man, I could definitely turn that into a really cool lowrider out here. No, you but... couldn't. <laughs> Probably not. People could. You couldn't. No, no, that's that's actually very accurate. But the idea of having an El Camino was, sounds pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah, I. I also wanted El Camino for the exact same reasons. Yeah, but this one was already cool, and so it had skull. It had skulls for the exhaust pipes, the exhaust tips, and all that. Like it was really nice. You need to I'm send like, me this yeah. listing. I shall. I I will. But um, yeah, man. Like it's it, it's it's a nice car. It's an old. No, car. it's, it's not. Nice but <laughs> what about my girlfriend's car? Oh, no, I talk about El Camino still. Sorry, El Camino sucked. Oh yeah, but yeah. Um. Oh, and I guess now I'll go into my gaming stuff. But so I actually sat down, I put away Warcraft for a bit, and I played some God of War. Uh huh. Man, that's a great game. Yeah, that's why we gave it Game of the Year. Yeah. Like, like I know it was good overall, but like having to actually sit down and play some more time on it, like it, it makes me appreciate how fucking good it is. Yeah, God, yeah, that game is really. That's a fully well crafted game. Yeah. I mean, it really is, and I think like playing it through more and more, like I'm really appreciating it more. Yeah. So, how far did you get? Uh, not that far because I was playing it for like maybe an hour and some change. But like, have you reached the lake? I'm not in the lake, but of that one dude who keeps healing. Yeah, that's mm. a good fight, dude. It's so well done because it yeah. cuts between like cinematic and it. It goes from, like, cinematic to, like, actual you fighting to cinematic, and it's just so well done. Part of the design choice for that game was the camera never cuts. Yes. It follows you. It's like a, it's, it's stylistic, like one of those follow cams they do for very stylized TV shows and stuff. It's the thing they talked about when it came out. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's just, ah, that game is just so visually fucking stunning. Makes me, and especially now that I have an actual TV, yeah, and not like an old TV or my monitor for it, it's it makes me appreciate it so much fucking more. Nice. So, well, yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much it for me. Like, I've I've been. Uh, oh, I tried streaming uh, Friday because the new raid for World of Warcraft is actually really good. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really enjoying that raid. It's a lot more. It's a lot more fun than trying to put up with fucking old deer. Um, and I'm playing Outlaw Rogue, so that makes me very happy. But I think my PC is starting to show its age when it comes to streaming and playing a game. Especially with a game like WoW, which is very CPU intensive and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm, and my computer might be showing its age. I have to play around with it some more. But if, like, I just kind of knew, like, it just felt off for or some reason. Or you've but... been playing a better game. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh... 
yeah, I just it's just something I uh, I was noticing here. But other than that, like yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Like I've been enjoying. It. Yeah, it's good. So good. Yeah. You not think you want to talk about Henry or not really? Yeah. Um. Okay. So. All right, so media that I've been watching, I watch a lot of anime, and I just finished up Fist of the Blue Sky, which is a, it's, that's actually the prequel to Fist of the North Star, and uh, it's, it's super good. It's just really good, because not only does it have sort of like the, just ridiculous, you know, stupid martial arts action, Mm -hmm. but it is... And this is something that just struck me every time I've watched it, especially some of the episodes. It is literally the battle between masculinity and toxic masculinity. That's like almost the entire series theme. And what it's and this? it's uh, the no, this is Fist of the Blue Sky. Oh, okay. And it's and it's so over the top in its present, but it's like the themes are literally like the protagonists generally represent sort of masculinity. And they are very much manly men, and like the antagonists usually represent toxic masculinity, and it's super good. And they make it pretty obvious, especially when they actually have any sort of speeches, any monologuing. It's like, yeah, that's that's literally what it's about. It's like in the last episode, there's this great conversation between the two, you know, between the two sort of main characters, antagonist and protagonist, and. That's literally what they talk about. <laughs> I mean, they don't actually use those terms, but it's it, it's pretty clear. It's and it's and it's a great it's it's a fun series if you like just stupid over the top martial arts action. I mean, it I has do. that. Yeah, that it has. But it also has an interesting message written in there, and it, and plus the time period it's placed in. It's it has it's pretty cool. It's going on basically during sort of. World War Two, like and but yeah, the storyline is actually pretty interesting. A lot of parts of it are pretty interesting, and yeah, it's it's great, and I like it. Other other show I've been watching, My Roommate is a Cat. It's it's adorable. It's amazing. Basically, it's about this sort of shut-in writer who basically takes on a cat. And there's and part of the episode actually like the third of the episode is what the cat was feeling from the cat's point of view, and it's it's pretty adorable. It's pretty awesome. I love it. It's super good. Yeah, I uh yeah I there's there's anime for everybody, and that one is absolutely adorable. I love cats. I I like animals in general, and I like cats a lot. But it's it's a genuinely sweet sort of slice of life thing, and yeah, that's that's the TV I watched, um, and I watched it on my computer where my graphics card is slowly dying, and I had to I had to just take it out, and I'm using the onboard graphics card oh. with for my motherboard, Ooh. yeah, and so that limits what I can kind of do. I mean, it works fine for what it is. It's just a backup video card, really. Uh, and, yeah, it, I could tell because basically it was starting to artifact like crazy all over the screen, and, like, it wouldn't, and it took longer to boot up, so it's just, yeah, the video card, that's, it's dead. Super dead. But, yeah, uh, 
I haven't bought a replacement yet. I'm still trying to actually figure out which replacement I want to pick up. Yeah. Because I'm not dropping $1,000 on a new card. That's not happening. I'm not dropping 500 I mean, I'm probably wanting to just quick replace for like 100 bucks or something. And there's some... stuff at RX 580 or yeah, the 590 and There's And there's some, you know, cheaper, yeah, some reasonably priced, cheaper sort of, yeah, things. It was, I was using a 780, a G4 780, and it was super good as long as it lasted. I mean, I've had it for like five years, so... We might be able yeah. to work out a deal. I have a 980 in my computer, and... Part of me wants to upgrade because I have impulse issues. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a 980 lying around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. Definitely. If you're up, we if you're, talk. whenever you, yeah, we can talk, but yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it is kind of sad face. The 780 did quite well. I mean, it, it lasted longer than its own fans. Yeah. I had to replace the fans on it. Damn. Um, but I was able to play a game this week on, on my, despite my graphic card issues. Uh, I played Endless Space 2, it's a free weekend for it, and I like 4X games. I like 4X games a lot, and I guess I like strategy and planning. This one's complex. It's at least as complex as any Civ game I ever played. It's But one thing I like, I like the universe they've created. So I've played s several of sort of endless, the endless universe of games, like one of my favorites being Dungeon of the Endless. If you're not familiar with it, that's a roguelike, essentially. A roguelike mixed with sort of tower defense. Okay. It's hard to describe. But but I played Endless Space 2, which is in the same universe. All their stuff is basically in the same universe. And so, yeah, Endless Space 2, it is a, it is a galaxy-wide sort of, you know, multi, you know, multiple galaxies, but it ends up in the end, playing like pretty much any other 4X I've played. So, I mean, the mechanics are really nothing extraordinary or new, and that's that's actually was a little bit disappointing. There doesn't seem to be anything that's so much different than Civ. Like, it seems it has like a technology tree, it has resources that you create, it has characters as sort of heroes you can send from place to place, mm. you know, unique characters, that is. And, yeah, it just, it seems a little too much like Civ, just placed in space. Sure. And there's some, and there's some cool spacey stuff. I mean, I like sci-fi, so I mean, and I like the endless universe. I like the, kind of, the universe, the world building, or universe building, as it were, that they've done, uh, with the mul with multiple games now. And it is, it's fun, it's, there's a lot of parts of it that are humorous very kind of some black humor some very tongue-in-cheek type of humor and so i think that helps that helps the presentation but yeah there's just i mean i'm not sure i'm not actually sure if i'd buy it i'm i'm kind of i mean i'm glad i got to try it out for free but it's not distinct enough it doesn't have a like any real mechanics that are really unique or or distinct from any other 4x I mean, I can't, I, nothing kind of, uh, watching the ship battles is pretty cool. That is, like, instead of just telling it to simulate, you can actually watch them take place, which is kind of fun. You don't get to, con you kind of just send it in, of course, like, lots of games don't get to control the, the combat, but, yeah, it was, yeah, it just doesn't quite have enough in it. 
I mean, I don't know what the... I never played the first one, so I don't know what the first one's like, but it is it is as complex as any other Civ game. If you like sci-fi sort of themed Civ, with sort of sci-fi and galactic elements, I think you'd like it a lot. I enjoyed it when I playing it, but yeah, I'm not sure if I enjoyed it enough to actually say that I'd buy it. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, that's the only game I really, really played this week. I mean, I played a little bit of Awesome Knots. I like to go back to that every once yeah, in a while. But, yep. But, Endless Space 2. Yeah, it was a thing. I mean, I'd say this, I mean, since it's a free weekend, try it out. So it'll but, be over by the time you hear this, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Uh, Womp womp, but I, I for anybody else to take advantage of it. I am curious if they, what anybody else's thoughts on it are. Maybe I'm not giving it enough credit. Maybe I'm forgetting some mechanic that it has that yeah. is pretty. That's that would be distinct. Maybe it's because I've played too many 4X games and they all sort of tend to blend together. Ace. That is a symptom I have observed in the 4X community, where it's like these games don't do anything different. How many 4X games do you play? I played 30 different 4X games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think maybe I'm a little unfair on that, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much my week. I mean, as I said, not, not a whole lot where it really went down this week. Losing my graphics card was yeah, sort of... big damper. Yeah, but... <laughs> at least my onboard video card won't just completely melt when I play at least some simpler games. Sure. <laughs> I got to find that out. It is additive. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, if that's all we have to talk about this week, that means it's time for news. I will someday replace you with a sound cue. Yep. Until then, I got a job, baby. Yep. My laziness to track down a sound file continues your career. <laughs> ah, right off the bat, probably in some ways the biggest, no, no second biggest news this week, the second thing we're going to talk about is the biggest news. Uh, right off the bat, we have CD Projekt Red's head, uh, one of the creative directors there, uh, uh, Sebastian Stepine. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that pronunciation. Has departed to join Blizzard. His Ultimate role is unknown. This does maybe cast some, raise some concerns about where Cyberpunk is going, but... So, hmm. I've been hearing in the rumor mill, of course, that uh, he's the he's taken on a creative role with... Because uh, they just... recently did a big hiring spree for Diab unannounced Diablo project. Yeah. It's for the mobile. No, they said unannounced. If it was announced, it would have been mobile. <laughs> yeah. So... And we don't speak of the mobile. <laughs> uh, well, so Blizzard had good news this week? Oddly enough, yeah. They had neutral news. Neutral news. We don't... Uh, actually, yeah, it's not clear if News it's that is worse for others, because at least it seems like the impression I've gotten off reading more on this is that this guy was a pretty major part of the cyberpunk team. Hmm. Is the creative mm -hmm. aspects of that. And to be fair, in theory, that game should be more in the technical fix-it phase of game dev, as opposed to, yo, we're making new stuff. Yeah. That is weird to kind of leave while it's still being made, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
that's that I that I that I guess that's Airby's anxiousness. Yeah, and it also kind of raises some questions about what exactly is going on with CD Projekt Red, makers of Witcher yeah. and really nothing else as of right now, but soon to be Cyberpunk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably more on that as it unfolds. Like his job at Blizzard hasn't even been officially announced. Like that's that's the alluding to whatever he's attached to kind of thing. A creative director uh, position that would make a lot of sense because I don't know if they even have one of those anymore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, but time to prepare yourself, boys, for this is the biggest news of this week. Oh. Makers of the highly fan-favorited and disturbingly realistic at time farming simulator genre of video games are creating a competitive virtual farming esport. That is oh, that's gonna that's the top news. Of, that is the top news of the year, I, and I'm saying that with with no with with no couching that. Oh no, no I'm, joking. I, I am down I'm, to watch this. I am excited because I play these games. Yeah. Like I, I as as an actual like real farm boy, I play these games for real, real. Yeah. And and compare them to my experiences, and I am I am really actually super hype about this. Let's give you the full story then. Um, makers of Farmulate, a uh, farm not Farmulating farming simulator, giant software have announced that they are making a full blown esports com- uh, com- competition, and they're committing. A quarter million euro, a about $284,000 US in the establishment of the Farming Simulator League. Yeah, because you can do three on three. Yeah. You can actually, you can do three on three teams. And that's, it's, oh, it's, that, that is like my dreams, my hopes and dreams. Ah, oh, that's Get so some good. counter picking going on. Toro, you going down. Yeah, this it's so amazing. It's like, oh, I just want to see how that. What I can't even imagine what competitive. Uh, which well, I I, th- I think you've accidentally like actually hopped onto a great portmanteau of the two words. Farmulator, farmulator is now the genre. Yeah, farmulator is now a genre. I we are we are we are copywriting it now. It's... So if you want to see this, apparently, at the 2018 champion, there was a 2018 championship event at FarmCon, which I did not know was a thing even, but it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, I want to go to FarmCon now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think we've taken esports too far. No, we, we've taken it just far enough. Finally. Fuck Overwatch, fuck every MOBA ever. We are finally at the real version of esports where it starts yes. mimicking real sports where it's like, if I had to sit through a real cornhole competition, there's better be a fucking farm simulator competition out there too. Yeah. Take the mundane shit and put it in esport. And it is oh, I'm so excited. I uh, it's I can't tell you I'm actually really, really excited about this. I mean it's gonna be so good. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's uh I mean they have uh it's the haystacking which is a skill, let me tell you. Uh it's yeah, it's so good. I'm so happy. Yeah. 
should uh, be just amazing. This is this is this is the only this is where esports was always generally heading. This was yeah. their goal. This is this is the this is the gold standard. I for one am looking forward to the Hut competitive world of train simulator. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have jokes about it even, I just know it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, uh, the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console of 2018. Shocker. Yeah, mm. not really surprised by this one. Yeah. yeah, in other news, water is wet. Yep. Yeah. Nintendo consoles have tended to sell way more than everything else combined. Nintendo moves units. That's what they're good at. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I uh, kind of throw my cynical salt on this one for a second. I'm pretty sure anyone who's buying a PS4 or an Xbox One at this point the most part owns one. Yeah. Like the pro version or, you know. Yeah, but I suspect Xbox even, One X. I suspect the demand for that is a much smaller group than the I'm gonna buy a new console period crowd. Y- yes. But I mean that, that like for instance the Nintendo DS sold more than like way more than literally everything combined yeah. times ten. Like like that much more like ridiculously. And that's this, and that's what the Switch actually has going for it is that it is the replacement DS for all purposes. Yeah. Right? yeah, I played on one just the other day. I still don't own one, but I I played some uh, Smash on one the other day. Yeah, uh, played Isabel. It was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people that you're people that let you play as Isabel. Ugh, that's not a competitive house. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not playing <laughs> Smash the right way, which is an obnoxious number of rules and counterpicks and bans, are you <laughs> even playing a game you didn't create? <laughs> so is it just like League of Legends where you ban characters right off the bat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. I saw a fantastic po- uh, post somewhere the other day that was someone was organizing a Smash tournament, and they had outlined on the flyer like the rules for it, and the rules were ridiculous. Yes, of course they are. Oh, it was like, you cannot spike opponents after they fall off the edge. You must let opponents jump back onto the edge. None of the... F- oh, yeah, those are... Yep. So, don't play it's what makes Smash. Smash, got it. I... Yeah. They had, like, specific moves banned. It's like, if you use Snake's side B, you will get banned. I'm like, wow, that's... That's a choice. Hope it wasn't real, but... Moving on to that, yeah. some more con- Soldier Boy intro, Alex. You were promised by Soldier Boy that Fortnite was coming to his next game console. <laughs> no, says Epic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless yeah. him. He tries so hard. If you're gonna sell <laughs> bullshit, like swing for the fences, like power to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, I love that he's. It's he's a regular now in the news I, in gaming news. Yeah, it's it it brings brevity to our ongoing shitstorm. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, so yep. So to expand this out to its more actual news, as, as much have that said about Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy got out there and said that every game on his platform is licensed. They're <laughs> not. <laughs> no. And, and his most recent claim was that um, Epic's Fortnite was coming, and Epic got out there and said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty they, they just yeah. hit him with the, I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, 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 uh, like most companies have been like, we're not. Let's just ignore this epic. And after was like, no, fuck no, no. no we're just no. we're saying no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no for me, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hard no. Oh boy. Use the exact quote. No, you can't play Fortnite on a router or jailbroken device due to anti-cheat measures. Yep. And I guess, yeah, and yeah, they're they're not so subtly saying his device is not legit at all. I don't think anyone's not saying this at this point. Like, we only <laughs> love this because it's like, oh, this is super fucking illegal, right? And he just keeps trying. He keeps, he keeps trying. doing it. He's not the brightest. No! He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Or he's... Or he is the genius. He is a genius. Watched a lot of Firefest documentaries lately. I don't think he is. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I confirm what I said earlier about the Anthem VIP demo? Bioware has gotten out that and there and said... That it is very aware of the problems. It is working on them. You can go read this on a couple blog posts they put up or on various gaming sites. This has been a official press release and not just them being like, yeah, we're on it. Whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but if you remember the VIP demo, you get an extra vinyl. You now have two special VIP vinyls that come from having played the VIP demo. That's all I got to say on that one. It's neat we're getting free stuff out of it. Yeah. I want to see how the public demo goes before I talk more about that thing. That could be a shit show. I guess we're keeping on the topic of loot shooters. Destiny has gotten out there and confirmed that their least fan-favorite holiday event, Crimson Days, is coming back! Uh, Crimson Days is a... um. February 12th to February 19th. I, It's not clear what the modern interpretation of that will be, but the original version of Crimson Days was flawed in that it was a PvP-style one. It was flawed because the way to maximize your rewards in that game became a race to see who could commit suicide the fastest. Mm. Suicide. The best way to celebrate a Valentine's Day event. Hmm. It's been fixed since then, but it will forever be in my memory the event that gave us. So the correct way to play these PvP modes is to find a ledge and jump off of it as fast as possible. Yes. Mm. Huh. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're on that as we develop more news. It's just, uh, of all the things to bring forward from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2... Crimson Days is not something I'd have been like, yeah, bring that. Definitely that. <laughs> that and not Sparrow Racing League. Definitely this and not Sparrow Racing League. <laughs> uh, for some fighting game news quickly, uh, Jiren is super confirmed for the second season of DLC characters for Dragon Ball Fighter. There's been a bunch of rumors out there about the developer before it got out there and said, yeah, fucking course for putting him in the game. Yeah. I think, like, this one was kind of one of the most obvious choices, because he's been requested one, yeah. but he was also such a pivotal and iconic part of the 
Dragon Ball Super, and like I think he's definitely embedded himself in the lore yeah. quite a bit, even after that. So like, yeah, he's the new generation's Broly, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, to use oh, the yeah, exact that's... quote: "If you're a fan of Dragon Ball Super, I, I mean, it's Jiren. Come on." Yeah, exactly. Out during a Dragon Ball Fighters tournament, which is apparently is happening. So yeah, neat. Mm. Um. On the same topic of fighting game news, the, some data mines of Soul Calibur 6 recently have revealed that a bunch of uh, a few more characters from previous games may be returning. Which is great, because mm. I'd much rather some of the old characters come back before we get all new ones. As cool as... Like, they announced Cassandra recently, and Cassandra to Sophitia is the like evil weirdo one that for some reason I like playing more because she was kind of weirdly brutal. Yeah, whereas I played, I played Sophia. Yeah. That's uh, that's always been my jam. But the data mine suggests, based on just kind of some file names for them, that we may be seeing. It hints that basically be coming back for the most part. Maybe not Rock, but yeah, who cares about yeah. Rock? <laughs> yeah, he he has a dumb name. Well, and Astaroth is a better version of Rock, technically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. What the heck? Let's do a, a get into our kind of not fun throw. We're gonna start off with the fun one of this. Uh, we didn't talk about it much, but Ubisoft put out a somewhat controversial DLC for the le- recent Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That in a game that let you be gay, straight, or whatever the hell you wanted to a certain extent, forced your character into a straight role. I it does this by basically forcing your character to have a romance with. Even if you choose to not have a romance in the game, you still have a kid with kind of the the straight sexual compatible partner of the game, so you can have a kid. Mm. They are fixing this. Yep. Why is this a kind of a no doy, but also a come on already move out, Henry? Well, they got nominated for an award for media awards uh, by Glad. If you don't know what Glad is, Glad is a is an organization for uh, support and advocacy for like LGBTQ plus. Um, and yeah, they they put out their nominees for for their for their for the Glad Media Awards. And yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey right up there because does have as you were mentioning like you can kind of be you could be you could be any sexuality well uh, yeah you could be yeah it doesn't it doesn't have a limit on your sexuality it, it limits you gay or straight essentially but yeah you're limited gay or straight or 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 asexual yeah, that's true. you don't yeah so it, it represents the ace community too which they're not well oh not well represented in game but yeah it's like uh, really, guys? It's like you got. It's like the same week they get nominated by that. It's like they they put out this DLC that totally tramples all over well, it. This is slightly older news. The hey, we're fixing is what makes it news. Like the yeah, we were talking about this for the podcast. The idea of Ubisoft puts out semi tone depth to why people like their game DLC. Yeah. not news. Yeah, but yeah, this. But yeah, but and but yeah, I, I am glad that they are responding to it. I mean. I I think they've been good. Like I like the way they handle a lot of stuff in their games. Yeah, I am a fan of the series, but yeah, I'm glad that they respond to that. And they're like, you know what? Actually, yeah, uh, that was kind of tone deaf and not cool. We're gonna change at least 
some scripting around it to change the nature of the relationship between them. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that exact change will be, but I'm sure that people are going to see it soon. Yeah. But yeah. We will see what ends up happening. And just for the record, the other nominees in the category are The Elder Scrolls Online, Somerset, uh, Guild Wars 2, Path of Fire, Pills of Eternity 2, Deadfire, and The Sims Mobile. And that's the thing. It's like, you, you, go, you, come, you come to realize that, man, this is slim pickings here. I mean, all right, so... Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think, definitely deserves to be there. Um, the story, at least the one story that's kind of uh, in in Elder Scrolls Online, which is basically where a player helps a transgender woman, woman and that's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool mission. That's great for representation, and it's apparently done well. Like it's it's a good story. Cool. Um, I have not played Guild Wars two, so I'm not super aware of it. But apparently, like there's just LGBTQ characters just in the storyline, and they just are there. It's kind of an organic thing as part of their world. That's that's cool. Um, not familiar with Pillars of Eternity series, but apparently, like that has a lot of inclusion. But it's like The Sims Mobile. It's like I find I the guess... fact that Sims Mobile makes this list and not Sims Four a little weird because I've yeah. got the impression that game has been unbelievably well supported. Yeah, it's and I I don't I I guess it's because it's mobile too. I don't know. That's it's kind of weird. I mean, the yeah. game, yeah, it lets you have a lot of different. I you know, you're, yeah, you you can choose your identity in your in your you know, and so that's cool. But it's like, ah, man, it's it just makes you realize that there's not a whole lot of good representation in games. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about the the museum in Germany that's having the the big exhibition on that, the big section and uh, exhibition on on the representation in games, and it's just like you realize pretty quickly that there's not a lot. It's yeah. it's it's pretty rare, and that's why it's like they have to. Yeah, The Sims Mobile gets it gets a shout out. It's I mean I it's good, but I mean it's just like yeah, this I, is it in an industry where for a long like when uh, we were talking before the podcast some too like. Uh, Mass Effect 3 got a whole variety of flack thrown at it for a, uh, rightfully so, in the badly scripted category. Like the, they, yeah. the third one in a franchise that had included lesbian stuff from the get-go in the third one included a very badly written gay love angle to it. And yeah, it, it was great. It was there, but it was unbelievably poorly written. Like, I think the best reaction I ever saw was someone like this web content basically was like, People outrage that Mass Effect includes gay. I can now offers gay romance option. Cut to Fem Chef being like, "Yo, I banged all these women." Yeah, in all three of my games. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's 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 the way it goes. But yeah. um, in in I guess tangentially related news in a certain sense. All right, so there is a kind of internet-breaking game stream that happened not too long ago. Uh, H-Bomber Guy, other than a.k.a. Uh, Harry Bruce, but H-Bomber Guy, who is a a left-tube guy, he's a YouTuber, uh, talks a lot about sort of issues on politics and social justice and stuff and philosophy. But he he ran a charity stream. You raised a shit the, ton of money. Yeah, 
three uh, th uh, over three hundred forty thousand dollars for for the uh, for the UK uh, transgender and gender uh, gender diverse charity named Mermaids. Great charity, by the way. And he did it basically because it was it was pretty much a response to Graham Linium, uh, who did Father Ted and IT Crowd, essentially targeting their funding. And so he like basically Graham Linium, uh, trying to get rid of their funding, essentially trying to interfere with their funding. Get them defunded. And so yeah, trying to get them defunded. So H thing he did it it got huge. He wasn't, he didn't realize just how big his channels, or his channel and his efforts were going to get, but like, some some pretty big names hopped in there. I mean, some gaming luminaries like Grant Kirkhope Kirkhope? I think that's how you pronounce his name, but that's a name I recognize because he's been a part of AGDQ. Like, he's done call-ins during AGDQ runs of the games he worked on, and he talked about their design and about their music design and sound design and stuff. Re really cool guy, and it doesn't didn't surprise me too much to hear that he was involved, because he obviously cares a lot about charity, and and that's super cool. Uh, John Romero of Doom fame, who mm -hmm. also put out Sigil, the new Doom wad, but he, he hopped in the stream, and, like... Well, and this is probably the biggest thing. The biggest, most internet-breaking one, yeah. Is, is, is newly elected, uh, newly elected Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez dropping out on the stream? Yeah. And, and talking about gaming and how she, she didn't own an N64, but her friends did, and she was like, yeah, that's probably the best season of that era, or the best, uh, best console of that era. She called it, yeah, she called it the best console. Yeah, just the best console. Even the, even though she didn't even though she didn't own one, but she played it at her friend's house. Which, to be fair, that's the way all of us kind of grew up. Yeah. Like most of us didn't own all the game systems. We owned one if we were lucky, and if and if somebody owned a different one, that was cool. We could go over to their house and play theirs. They could come over to our house and play ours, you know. And yeah. so, but that's but yeah, this was yeah, all kinds of people showed up into the stream. I mean, it just kind of started really gaining steam like very quickly. And yeah, I made a, so much money. Fantastic charity. Really happy about this. And it just yeah, I it it blew me away. I can't. I mean, his his original goal was five hundred dollars. You can believe it. Thankfully, wow. he made it slightly past that. Yeah, just a little slightly, bit past that. I mean, yeah. He, he, I mean, if he had picked up the slack a little bit more, yeah. maybe he would have actually done better. But yeah, that was yeah, that was that's yeah. fan, uh, extraordinary. It's just, you know, instead of responding to hate with sort of, you know, a big backlash, he responded in the most positive way possible, uh, H. Romer guy did, and that's that's really fantastic. You know, I it, mean, only one one U.S. congressperson showed up? <laughs> Whatever. Slack and, and stream as far as I'm concerned. N64 was the best console from that era. God! Oh, the worst! Just this yeah. podcast, you know better. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's just yeah. I am really, I'm just so glad. I like hearing news like that. I yeah. like, I like good news. I like news that doesn't make me depressed. Yeah, actually, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I, there's something that's not actually on the docker that I want to throw out here real quick. Um, well, oh, sorry. Once you're done, I, I just this this story reminded me of that. 
Um, yeah, I I think you know I, I've kind of covered what I wanted to cover on that. Okay. Uh, really, really quick, just because we're on the topic of like charity stuff like that. Um, so there is a kid uh who a couple months ago was diagnosed uh pretty far into cancer and was going to pass away, but he figured instead of like just kind of being known as that cancer kid uh, with his family and all that stuff, he decided to play Extra Life and, like, raise support. He ended up crushing it as far as, like, fundraising goes uh, for Extra Life last year, and unfortunately this week he passed away. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was just... It, it just, for some reason, the, the charity thing just kind of reminded me of that. And His name's Maddox. He's, he's a great kid, but, yeah, unfortunately uh, he did pass away this week. So sorry to be a downer on that, but it's nice when like people do things outside of themselves. And so yeah. these are the stories that are really nice. So this this kid Maddox crushed it last year when it came to extra life fundraising. I believe it was for uh I wanna say it's like Pennsylvania somewhere is where he was at. But mm. um, yeah. because uh, I, I I actually found out about it from another extra lifer. So um yeah, uh these are the kind of stories to be nice to report more often, like the good oh, sure. news charity stories, you know? Yeah. 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 It just totally, it just totally reminded me. Sorry to go off topic here a little bit, but yeah, I just figured I, yeah. I have to put that little tidbit in there. Yeah. We'll come back on to topic and our normal jackassery. Netflix yeah. is developing a Resident Evil TV show, allegedly. Hmm. Is Netflix That's... becoming the next U Bowl of uh, video game? I oh, heard no. U Bowl now runs a successful restaurant in Canada. Does he? Well, well you know Does... what? What he was always best at. He's a fighting producer. critiques yeah. and boxing no, matches. No, actually, producer as a producer, like he could somehow get money out of the out of the ether and just get money to make anything he wanted. Like he's been, he's known as an amazing producer. Like he could he knows where to get money. He knows how to make money. He knows where to get money. He knows the right grants. He knows the right people to tap. I mean, the dude, when it comes to raising money for any project he wants, he's brilliant. So he's um, Tommy Wiseau for video yes, games. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and so that doesn't that's surprise me that he has a has a restaurant that's successful. The dude was going to be successful whatever he does. He's he walked oh, as much hate as he got. He walked away making money hand over fist for every single movie he made. So, I think part of the reason he's doing so well with his restaurant is because if you come and say a bad thing about it, he will literally fight you. Like, <laughs> I I think that's kind of the whole thing. Is he living like, he the same Silent Bob lifestyle I wish to pursue? I feel <laughs> like he is living that life. Mm. Like he he's he literally like, if somebody critiques like you know what these these ham and eggs like. They're kind of bland, and he literally comes out from the back and is just like, fight me, bro. Yeah. And he has a boxing ring set up in the middle of the restaurant, and he's just going to fucking fight you. like that. And so nobody wants to leave a bad review, and I feel like that has actually been leading to his success for his restaurant. So, TV series, who's going to direct it? Who do you think they're going to get to show run it? I think we're too early on to have any opinion on that. It appears to be about the inner workings of Umbrella. Ooh. That uh, either sounds really boring or kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, it's like your day-to-day -day of your general evil organization is probably pretty boring. It's like, to oh, I'm, I'm filing some papers. So, um, I, I watch a show called a Corporate. That okay. It's on Comedy Central in the U.S. If you can find it, it's a worthwhile checking out show. 
it's a parody of kind of what like being a corporate like uh, management manager is kind of thing and if you took that and combined it with like better off ted and gave me like a no we're not building a zombie virus backplot to it i would watch the <laughs> shit out of some like Mad Men style thing of people sitting yeah. in meetings trying to spin okay so our rejuvenation serum that we're pitching as a beauty product has a one in ten chance of turning you into a lictor I'm sorry. What? It's a mo- it's a nightmare monster we had to invent because it makes your brain explode out of your head and your tongue go really long and you eat people. Oh, only one in ten. Yeah, we can spin that. <laughs> one in ten people may have a uh, increase in brain activity. Yeah, spin. Yeah, I, it's. It, it won't be that it'll be some umbrella corpse bullshit, but the idea of a TV show that's like okay, so. We have this new thing, it's called the T-Virus. Well, that sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah. What if it's the T-Serum? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone explain why we bought an entire city? Shut up, Josh! I'm just gonna go, shut up, Josh! <laughs> I feel like this is the evil villain uh, plotline for, like, Shit's Creek, where they just mm. buy a town, and now yeah. he is a location of this. That's what the plot yep. of Resident Evil is! That's I know! Yeah. I didn't actually watch. I only watched the first movie, so I don't know where the movies went. But places that were bad, the and then good everywhere. <laughs> but they also made like one point something billion dollars over the run of their life. So yeah, yeah Resident Evil apparently sells. Yeah, this is true. Oh Who yeah, knew? and I guess you know everybody playing the Resident Evil Two right now will definitely agree. Allegedly, it has nothing to do with that, but. I think that's why it's in the news all of a sudden. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have some good guy Nintendo, kind of. Yay. Yeah. So, um, you know Metroid Prime, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're making Metroid Prime Four. Well, that's good. Yeah, I... it can be good. So originally, the people making it were the people behind Metroid Prime Other M, which was a Ugh. bad game. No. Uh, this week, Nintendo got out there and said, no, we're not doing that. We're taking it back to the original developers, which I believe are Tro Studios. Yep. We're giving yep. it back to um, them, the makers of original Metroid Prime, and we are scrapping two years of development. Yeah. Um, though, interestingly, I wonder what that's going to do to the development of the the Castlevania wannabe game. Uh, the uh, uh, I keep forgetting the name of it. Because... Retro was also worth too. Sure. Bloodstained. Sorry, Bloodstained. Yeah, yeah, that's not them directly, though. That's technically that other thing. Like, that's that's technically a Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, it's still in development, but I mean, yeah. Retro's Studios is one of the studios that was working on it, sure. so... Uh, just just uh, throw that out there. I suspect because, the uh, entire studio isn't working on it, though. I suspect yeah. the team there is working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Over on the topic of game devs, uh, in a poll of a variety of um, game developers across the world, 50% said, uh, sorry, roughly 47% said they wanted uh, to unionize, 26% said we're not sure the remainder were against it, but apparently people want unionization in the game developer space. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've, I've, I, you know, I've mentioned this a few times already. 
We need that. We need it really desperately. I mean, it's it's gotten out of control. I mean, when you regularly, it's it when it's a normal thing to hear that. Oh yeah, that developer worked a hundred hour weeks. That's insane. That's ridiculous. That shouldn't be normal. That shouldn't be a thing that I should be able to say. That should not be that. That just shouldn't be a thing to be able to say something like that. It's crazy. And yeah. the thing is, it's obviously possible to not have that. I mean, multiple companies have come out actually and talked about how. Oh yeah, we we don't have crunch. We we're we're actually a company that doesn't do crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. It's it's uh, hopefully. I mean, one has been started in in the UK. Yeah. From from the you know from news from a couple of weeks ago. So I mean, it's it's on its way, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna be very hard to start one in the US. Well, I think it's with important all the that I- sentiment. I think it's important that we're still talking about it as much as that makes yes. sense. Like it's, yes. This is not the first time we've talked about this topic, but it's stuck around for a change this time around. And hopefully now there's a lot of, you know, uh, more visibility and more pressure from gamers towards the companies. And because now it's like, yeah, even the news came out about Red Dead Z work hours to get that done. I mean, people need to be, I mean, the more people that are aware of it, the more people that will ultimately support the idea. Because it needs to be, you know, it has to be beyond just people that work in the industry. It needs to be also be supported by consumers of that industry. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Last on our news this week, we've got some spooky AI news for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Google's DeepMind put the beat down on some pro StarCraft 2 players. Oh, yeah. Dude. And. Did you see the APM reports on the the DeepMind for those matches? By any chance? No. It was actually lower. It's it lower. Ins- it's lower than the players. Is it? I, yes. I heard it was insane. Because no. I, I was no. talking about it with some friends on Discord about it. No, it's actually lower. It's lower than the players that they're playing. It just has to play more strategically. Yeah. I mean, they they uh, their APM was around 280. Which is lower than the players. For those who might not know, what does APM mean? Actions per minute. Yes. And so it's actually, huh. but the way, and this is, all right, so this is, if you aren't, if you aren't know what it is, all right, so DeepMind had created AlphaGo to, to play Go, and Go was sort of one of the holy grails of AI, because it's such an open-ended game. It's a deeply strategic game based around recognizing patterns of play and very loose patterns of play and to to win and so it requires a lot of yeah like localized optimization essentially um but one and one thing it doesn't have and this is what alpha star alpha star is the name of the version of the of the of deep mind that went up against the starcraft players is it had to play in real time i mean and it, it had to play with the idea of longer term strategy I mean, and imperfect information, and so, so called bounded optimality, and on imperfect information, and so the imperfect information is like fog of war, I mean, and just having parts of the map not seen, and so that that's yet another difficult factor. But long term strategy, strategy versus tactics, and so. 
Like, it, there, a lot of thought has to be put into the early game, as you know, for an RTS. And so, instead of relying on... And AlphaGo also had long-term planning, but not in the same way. And so that was, that was, the, that was the really crazy thing. So, a lot of the algorithm ended up using really heavily the idea of local optimization. So, whenever it was doing its training, essentially, it was... Each, each agent would be sort of optimized towards certain situations. And so what it was is kind of training itself in very specific, very small situations as a series so that it picks up that pattern of play when it recognizes it. And so it knows what to do. And so it use, uses ideas including like, well, machine learning. And so what it did at first was it, it for the first kind of half of its training, it learned by by watching games, by watching games instead of playing them. It watched lots of lots of pro games, and so after that uh, was what what they did was some supervised learning, where they had it actually play the games, and they had multiple ones play the games against itself, basically multiple agents and versions playing itself until essentially they come out with a neural network. They've trained the neural network to the point, and the results were stunning like absolutely stunning like it because it's it came out with strategies that were that were kind of really impressing these high level you know some of the top level players in the world and they were they they mentioned that the strategies were just ones that they hadn't even thought of like one of the players made an interesting uh 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 view was an interesting point was the playing against Alpha Alpha Star made them realize that they rely quite a bit on human error, on reacting to human error, and so. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, huh. And yeah, just it came out with these crazy good strategies that they hadn't thought about, and also made them realize that there's even more to be learned about strategy within the game. There's even deeper things to pick up from it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. I mean, this is, this is as big a jump from chess to go from a, from a computer playing chess to a computer playing go playing from go to Starcraft, Starcraft two. That's, that's extraordinary. And you can go to their page and read and they have a, it's a really good write up. Actually, if you go to their page on deepmind.com and read up about sort of the story and what it does. And there's different levels of technicality, but they actually explain it really well. But it's it's an incredible accomplishment. I mean, because there again, if you don't know about neural networks, the big thing about them is they are, they are information agnostic. That is, within the neural networks, within the neurons themselves, they aren't carrying data. They aren't carrying, like, information. They aren't... It's... You know, not to go into it too much, but the way a neural network runs is you have in, you have entry points and you have exit points, sort of neurons that are entry and exit, and then a bunch in between, and they're all interconnected. And all they really do is they say whether to transmit a signal or increase a signal or decrease a signal or stop it entirely. That's all they do within the neural network. It's not carrying go this way or directions or any information like that or visual information it's just stimulus neurons 
and action neurons on the other side, and that's it. And so actually making a neural network that responds to this level of complexity of rules and on a long-term game as well, I mean, with so many options and for, you know, just for so many, I mean, they only played Protoss, and so, but there's still tons of troops and tons of strategy and early and late game stuff, and it mastered it all. It mastered late game, early game and late game stuff. And that's really kind of mind-boggling. I mean, so you've, you've danced around it some accidentally. There are some, because this is video game land, some salty-ass Johns out there reacting to the whole victory of the AI, ranging from the AI could see the entire map, there was no fog of war at all times, to the pro players playing were top-tier pro players, I guess. But, no, it couldn't see the whole map at the whole... Well, I mean, it could, in a sense, but it still had had to do with fog yes. of war and unexplored regions. It could look at the whole map, but it was doing, basically, what they found was it was doing the same thing that a lot of players would. They yeah. kind of have an eye on the big map, but they flick around on the screen. They flick around all over the screen. They're constantly back and forth if you watched a pro game. And Alpha Go, Alpha Star basically did the same thing. It could see the whole screen, in a sense, but it would always focus on different spots because that's the way it was created. It was created to optimize situations, local, like localized optimality. And so it was created, so it would focus on a certain situation. It didn't just try to do everything on the map all at the same time. It played like a player would because it doesn't have multiple mice floating around there. You know, there's not multiple play. It can't click in multiple places or do things simultaneously. It has to focus on an area at a time, just like a player has to. And so it played, and they found it played much like a player, where it changed its focus pretty consistently all the time. But yeah, it's just, yeah, it, and honestly, it played some of the top players in the world. Yeah. It, I, mean, I don't like, agree with the complaints against it. It seems like a pretty fair comparison. And like, the humans did win one fight against it, and it's when they kind of started restricting the AI stuff more. and. Like, yeah. like in past, like when they made, um, I think it was Dota players play an AI. Once they, if, once you started acting irrationally, the AI kind of fell apart on itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's got it, it develops brittle patterns. The exact quote from this is, and from the guy that kind of knows what he's talking about. Like it can, it it could be defeated if you played a truly unconventional game. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's... It but of course, that would trip anybody up. Yeah, but it, yeah. It, it adjusted worse than a human brain would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard of a guy named Tool Assisted in uh, Street Fighter. Nope. Have you heard uh, of him, Charlie? No. Nah. So this I, I... guy wrote a bot in Street Fighter Five and also Street Fighter Four that was called Tool Assisted, and he basically had a bot written to do fighting game matches. Um, and he... The reactions and the timings for that bot were ridiculous, um, but people were able to beat it when they played absolutely unconventional. But it forced people to stop and not fall into habit when it came to doing certain things yeah. because it would yeah. totally fuck them. But like um, for the longest time, Tool Assisted was the number one ranked player in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, because yeah. Nobody could figure out how to beat it because yeah, it was just insane. Yeah, but. Yeah, watch it's just it's also again you go unconventional it fucks with the bot. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a I mean honestly it's 
just knowing, understanding it, knowing it, it's it's this is a massive jump from yeah. from Go to StarCraft Two. Massive. There's so much more to track, and, and but the way they did it was, well, they kind of used a similar way that you might train, anyways. That is, you study certain strategies and you and you study certain particular situations on what you should do and. And the the thought about early game and late game, and why the early game is has such a large effect on the late game. See that, and the fact that it mastered that type of stuff, like on a long term strategy, not just kind of short term strategy, but very very long term strategy, in a real time setting. That's that's extraordinary. Mm. Like I said, it didn't even have the same you know APM. As as the players that it played, like it didn't wasn't even at quite as fast, but yeah, pretty That's interesting. Totally interesting to me. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of papers written on it. They've written, uh, you know, a combo paper with Blizzard, essentially working with Blizzard. So I mean, that's yeah, it's super cool. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, that's. Yeah, without going and just boring everybody with sort of a lecture on the technical, at all the technical aspects of it, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, I guarantee there are more informed and more analytical podcasts out there than us for those things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I mean that's it. AI is my specialty, but I didn't know that. I, yeah, that's my master's degree gotcha. is in AI, and so that is that's that's like like the courses that I teach. Like two of them are the. AI and advanced AI courses because that is my specialty and that's that's why I usually have a lot to say about AI because it's literally my it's my chosen but yeah uh yeah I mean I could go into more but it, I don't yeah I don't think it's really necessary you can go on there and read read on it yourself their explanation is actually really good on their website so yeah hmm. more for Elon Musk to be afraid of <laughs> Yeah. Well, so that does it for our news this week, which means it's time for email. Yeah. Yeah. We love getting emails. We love reading them. We love responding to them. If you want to contact us, Henry, how would you go about doing that? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Alex? <coughs> WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. Spell that sounds down the show, etc. Uh, so we got two emails this week. Our first one comes in from Max. Dear Mass Effect expert and others. I'm not sure who he's talking about in that case. Are you a Mass Effect fan, Henry? Uh, not really. I mean, I like the games, but I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not an expert. <laughs> Definitely not Alex. Definitely not me. Yeah. I, like the last two of you, am very excited about Anthem. And I, I'm a longtime Bioware fan. I, sorry. I am a longtime fan of Bioware's work on Mass Effect and Dragon Age. And I'm excited by the idea that they are launching a new IP and hoping that it will have all the Biowareness I have come to expect from them. I, unlike your, res I, unlike your resident Mass Effect experts, don't know who he's talking about, do not enjoy loot shooters. Okay, I think I now know. Which makes me concerned about Anthem. I assume that they, but by the time you answer this email, some of you will have played the Anthem VIP demo. It might have some answers as to whether someone who plays games for stories will enjoy Anthem. Max. Hmm. 
I think you're going to want to give this one a pass and wait for that new Dragon Age they're pushing. Mm. Yeah, oh, I... Yeah, I mean, it's... I've rarely seen an on... a a proper online game with good, really good storyline going on around it. So... On the, some? There are some, absolutely. Tarsus stuff in Anthem is intriguing. There's some mm. Bioware weirdness in there, for sure, that seems... But that's mm. not the focus of the game. Like, it's... The single-player parts, the support Tarthus parts, have some of the storytelling in there. I think it, and it is possible that is what will set Anthem apart from its competitors at the end of the day. Like it's the they can set your missions up in a way that other kind of games of that nature aren't kind of engineered to, which is cool. It's not Mass Effect. It's not Dragon Age. Like it's, I intentionally basically mashed my way through all the kind of cutscenes and stuff in the demo so that I wouldn't get spoilers for whatever there is in that game. Like, it's it is some cutscene followed by a 15-20 minutes of loot shooting. <laughs> Good loot shooting. And there, again, like, it's the maybe we'll do some have an off-topic podcast at some point, but it's probably after the demo the second demo happens. Like, the implications of what the world of Anthem are or a brilliant idea for an MMO. Open you mm-hmm. up to kind of some potentially amazing ideas for an, a, 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 what you can do story-wise with this game. They basically crafted a world where technology is summoning demons, but also, like, the other factions also have javelins. Like, it's they, they literally have a device. The focal point of the plot of this game is that there's literally an energy thing in the game that can make whatever the fuck you want and has so it lets them give you a game where you are in an Iron Man armor in a fucking medieval castle fighting ash demons and it (laughs) makes sense Hmm. because that's what the Anthem creation is it is a like matrix or device from the old gods aka kind of a pre-runner culture that had some serious tech and their stuff is left around like you're flying through it and salvaging it and you want that tech but you have no fucking clue how to deal with it and like some of the public events in the game are based around yo those anthems are out of control before they summon a mailstorm or something Mm -hmm. it's but to answer your question nah I, I don't like if you're coming to this looking for mass effect stuff like you're gonna be disappointed. Like it's the, I, I think some of the complaints about story that were true but, uh, might be true for this game. The difference being this isn't a Mass Effect game; it's a totally separate thing. So it'll be fine, but it's not going to give you that Bioware deep story you want. I think it will to a certain extent. I maybe, I think but... we'll have more depth than like Destiny. Like, It'll have more depth in the destinies. Like, oh, that reminded me of this. Like, to that point, though, there's a whole index in the game they ripped out of the demo. So I have no clue what's in that index. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff in that. And they basically said, yeah, we took the index out to avoid spoilers. Like, there's mm-hmm. a possibility Anthem is Mass Effect 5. Mm. There are some, Ooh. like, visual crossovers to the Mass Effect verse. And like I, I'm not talking about the fact that the um, N2 armor, it's the Bioware thing at this point. Like, 
some of the people in Fort Tarsus dress the way people in Mass Effect did as well. Like, it... The ending of Mass Effect 3 potentially sets up a world where this could be the next Mass Effect game. Like, it's... It makes hmm. a certain level of sense that that would be the continuation of this. I'm not saying that's a real thing. It's just a rumor I've seen, and it... Like, Again, like the idea of you have this organic technology that no one knows about because some giant catastrophic event happened lines up with the ending of Mass Effect 3. And also explains why in Mass Effect Andromeda they can't establish contact. Hmm. And also why you're on this crazy like forest world thing that's not Earth but might be, but I don't think it is. It's... There's potentially a lot there. Like, I think you won't have to dig as hard as you do in Destiny, but it won't be a Bioware game in the traditional sense. Like, it'll it it might have the have the kind of expansiveness of writing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you for writing in, Max. Our next um, email comes in from Alan in Austin, Texas. All right, wicked awesome crew, you have a literal on-staff wrestler. And yet the wrestling talk has remained almost non-existent. Once there was a time where Austin 316 was a common topic, and now nothing. That is sand wrestling. Thoughts? Um, a new television out of New Japan? I, I think they're talking to, like, what's the American dude that's big in that area? There was some rumors surrounding him that... Kenny Omega? Yeah, Kenny Omega? Like, Kenny Omega! Kenny Omega was out there saying some stuff that, like, implied that New Japan might try and launch a competitor to the WWE in the world. Like that well, would have a television they, once a week or something. In they, the US. They already Oh, you mean like yeah. Um that's interesting because I wonder if they're working looking to work more with like um Ring of Honor. Don't know. And and also there's AEW, which is the new federation that's being kind of assembled right now. That might be the thing, actually. See, AEW is being created by some luminaries in the industry, and they've already, like, their prominent first signings and people kind of running it are Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Um, I I haven't looked to see who's been signing up for it, but there's a lot of speculation on all sorts of people for it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it could be pretty big. It's It could be the new, like, kind of major competitor in the U.S., yeah, they signed and... Kenny Omega. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay, pretty massive. Yeah. Because um, I think they did. The news implies they may have. Hmm. Because I know that there's been a lot of kind of speculation about him. Um, I didn't, I don't see him, I mean, that's the thing, New Japan lets you wrestle, like, WWE tends to lock you into a contract, yeah. and New Japan does not in the same way, but I don't see Kenny Omega leaving when he's still so big there. He is so... I mean, it takes a while to establish yourself anywhere, and he's massive in New Japan. I mean, he's things that he's done, things that he's accomplished, matches he's had, the titles he's held. Hmm. I don't know, but if he did choose to do some stuff in AEW, I mean, that that would certainly lift that up. I think the AEW stuff is being launched by people heavily involved in New Japan stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as people involved with the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Back in the nineties, so yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting who they're who they're assembling for that. But yeah, um, I guess we don't talk as much about wrestling because there's not much wrestling gaming news. Yeah, um, 
Um, I oh yeah, I did see something in the news. Uh, but it was a little old, little bit older news. Most of our wrestling talk in the past was jokes too. Like, yeah, me and Alex are big fans of the Attitude Era jokes. Yeah, because they're easy. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, oh yeah, there's, there's something about Austin Creed, wrestling name Austin Creed, doing some streams with somebody. I I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, no, I, it's... I, as someone who really genuinely enjoys Japanese wrestling, because it's... I, I feel bad saying this, but like, of the major wrestling left, it's the closest to... Nah, that's like a sport in the same way gymnastics are, just because they're doing crazy ass shit like lucha libre is like yeah I, if you've not watched and if you're a fan of wrestling and have not watched the japanese stuff you are not a fan of wrestling like the yeah. shit they are doing is like i, I wish the u.s stuff had the, had the stones to do some of that stuff like it is that's why i enjoyed watching wrestling as a kid yeah uh and and even like all right so i watched something recently that i think that is just worth watching to get an idea of just how much they tend to uh like that like be in it all right so kota ibushi is is a is a pretty pretty popular dude in uh in wrestling and in new japan and he got pranked into a impromptu wrestling match with aja kong Kong, who's an who's a luminary in women's wrestling but it's basically they trap him on a street into a fight with her, into a wrestling match with her, and he just rolls right into it like it's like it's normal. Like yeah. he even does he even does like a uh, a standing shooting star press <laughs> in his in his civilian clothing and like jeans and a t shirt. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. If you if you're not watching that, if you're not also watching, you know, Lucha Underground. You should be watching these things. Yeah. But. Well, the good wrestling happens. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the physicality of Japanese wrestling that, like, I don't think anything else quite matches. Like, just... Yeah. It, it's still stuntmen doing fighting. Like, it's it's got that, yep. like, nah, we're gonna do the laureate off the top rail, which is dangerous and insane, but we're gonna practice it so it's not as dangerous. I, there was a clip that I was making the rounds a couple weeks ago where I think it was Kenny Omega does, like, a bicycle kick off of a dude who's on... Not a bicycle kick, a kick thing to the guy's chest off a dude standing on top of lips and then does, like, that, uh... Was it Henry Rollins, like, curb stomp move onto a dude, like... One solid transition rolls and then, like, throws a third dude out of the ropes all in just one fluid motion. I'm like, that, that was cool. Undeniably cool. Yeah, it's Japan stuff is awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we we can we can we can talk more about wrestling every so often. It will make it will make its way in when there's wrestling occasion. stuff to talk about. We will talk about wrestling. Yeah, like fuck, yeah. I I tried getting to the New Japan show <laughs> they did in Long Beach. Yeah, tickets were gone. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that does it for emails this week. Wicked Awesome Cast Gmail. Send us emails. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you all who wrote in. That 
does it for this week. Um, anyone got anything they want to talk about before we get the hell out of here? Uh, not. I don't want to bring up any more wrestling stuff because I'm afraid if I get something wrong, I will get body slammed. <laughs> That's pretty much been the whole fear the whole time when it comes to that. <laughs> um, I'm good. I think cool. I think I've got things out of my system for this week. Cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We're ending the podcast feeling spent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who wants to close it out this week? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want it to end. Cue the metal. (laughs)